going on 14. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 40 Going On 14, episode 205. I am Mike. I am Mark. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And a gimmick like this would not have flown on Dick Clark's radio program. A lot of things don't fly on Dick. Is it because he's dead? Is he? I don't I don't think he's dead, is he? Is I thought he was immortal. Is Dick Clark dead? He is dead. He is dead? He died oh, yeah, he died five years ago. Oh shit. I, I win. You win. And he you hosted uh, New Year's Eve two years after that. <laughs> All right, he so wins. some of you may be noticing we have a different voice in here today. Uh, this is the first episode of our September uh, shows. So we have substituted in somebody from uh, other podcasts, our lives, back, uh, past, whatever. People we have substituted in. So subsing, subbing in for Patrick is our friend Mark, who is a uh, another old college buddy of ours. And um, I admit to that in public, too. He does. Yeah, he even uh, joined us for instant game show in uh, at, over at Gen Con a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and if we saw you, on, if you were out there and you want something, uh, you're welcome. And thanks for joining us. We had a great time. And uh, uh, Patrick watched 2017. As of now, the hurricane has not killed him. Yes, Patrick is still not dead, despite all efforts to the contrary from Mother Nature and Patrick and Joel Osteen absorbed. Yeah. Come on. Oh, Dick. Um, no, yeah. Dick Clark is absorbed. Oh, and I just want to give a call out for our Gen Con buddies um, to uh, Indy Rick out there somewhere. So, uh, but yeah, this week we are talking about radio. We're talking about radio back then. Uh, what did we listen to on the radio? What was listening to the radio like? And all that other stuff. And uh, what about now with uh, the rise of satellite radio and such things as. Um, got Amazon Radio and what's the other ones, Josh? I just, well, they're podcasts, and if you're into radio and podcasts, you should be checking out the Podcast Collective Network, oh. which features such shows as On the Block, Forty Going on Fourteen, Us, Dating Baggage. Hi, guys! It's Sarah. Is not a uh, show on the Podcast Network. It's a sign that my wife got into the show notes. I hey. am Salt Lake, Tales from the Hard Side, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. And hi, guys. That Sarah has just published its first episode because Joel called Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're looking for any of our older stuff, uh, remember, we're on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM, and pretty much every uh, podcasting thing out there. I have tried to cram our show onto it. If you know of any, give me a call at 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727. Uh, and of and course, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at 40go14 or shoot us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Right. Do we have any feedback? That's been a long week, man. I have no idea. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think most of our feedback has been uh, people issuing uh, concern over Patrick and uh, longtime <laughs> listener Karen uh, found a Doctor Who board game, which is apparently on its way to Joel. What? I have to give a big thank you to Karen for that. That is quite possibly the awesomest thing ever. Speaking of Doctor Who, did any of you catch the blatant plug that uh, Andrew Andy Looney gave when he was doing uh, Instant Game Show with us? Those of you that don't know, Andy Looney is the 
uh, head estimator of the board game Flux. So uh, there is actually a Doctor Who Flux on out, and he mentioned that on the show, and then immediately got yelled at by the uh, marketing people that were watching. Oh, is that the game that he wasn't supposed to talk about? That, uh... Yeah, that was exactly the game that he wasn't supposed to talk about because immediately after he said it, the, the girl with the camera started going. Shh. Well, that was his wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, in that case, he probably was slept on the couch. <laughs> or a cot. Yeah, but we got a copy of um, of Drinking Flux, which is interesting. An inter- interesting game. Yeah, Andy, and I believe her name is Kristen. They've been in the, in the gaming industry forever. Like, they had been in a few years back when I started working in the gaming industry, like in 2000. Yeah. That's fantastic. They've been around for a while. I even still have my original copy of Flux back that when I bought it back at uh, Gen Con at uh, Milwaukee. Well, and he was a great, great co-host for the yeah. show, too. Yes, he was. And we're going to have him on next year because he, he got it. Sometimes we, have, sometimes we have hosts that just don't really get it, and he got it. And that's fantastic. So, so all That's right. why I'm behind the board. Yes. And that's why we, <laughs> that's why we took your mic away. Oh, I'll give it to Mark. It's true. Feel free. Jump in anytime you want, Mark. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> well, with that said, I think it's about that time. It is about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. All right, so uh, this week we went for, what did we go for? July 15th, 1992. Now, for Chicagoans, that's a significant date because that is a day that WKQF (coughs) switched from top 40 to alternative rock. Also, coincidentally, it was my 16th birthday. Oh, happy birthday. (laughs) All right, so Joel... Remember anything from 1992? Nothing. The only thing I really remember that I actually acknowledged as 1992 is because I remember because WQ101 had Murphy in the morning, which we'll talk about later. And I remember him; he was the final sign-off on that. I was like, now we're going to be doing alternative rock. I don't know what the hell that is, and then, <laughs> and then they played like Nirvana or something. But it was it's pretty trippy. Wow. Well, speaking of Nirvana, music. The top songs in the land are Creep by TLC, On Bended Knee by Boys to Men, and Another Night by The Real McCoy. And we can see a trend there with the music. Yeah, I was actually just talking yesterday with Sarah about how uh, Boys to Men was ruling the airwaves from like 92 to 93. Some good stuff. Yeah, now they're doing Geico commercials. Wait, Wouldn't what? You? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't seen a commercial where they're uh, singing about gas and other uh, uh, ailments that you can get from taking medication side effects? No. Oh, you're going to have to Google it. It's awesome. Is it as good as the um, Final Countdown video with Def Leppard? It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. They should be calling themselves, instead of Boys to Men, it should be like, uh, I don't know, like Old Men to Farting Dust or something now. <laughs> and I think you mean Europe, but... I wasn't going to jump in and correct him, but I figured you would. Uh, Ew for that. No, we would have gotten a letter. Exactly. I'm going to save us from uh, the wrath of Tommy the Duck. 
All right. On July 18th, a day that will go down in bad decision history, Whitney Houston says, I do, to Bobby Brown. Not since I can Tina Turner has music at a couple like this. Well, Chris Brown and Rihanna, but. Well, that would both. be since. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. They're, they're both alive still, though. Oh. That, yeah, that's sad. <sighs> I, Poor it, Whitney. I, while I couldn't find any death for the show, for the, uh, for the tweet this time around, I figured that was as close as possible. She was absorbed. Oh. By drugs. <laughs> and backhands. Oh. Yikes. Too far? Yes. Jesus. There is no too far on the show. Um, <laughs> July 11th sees the release of the hit single November Rain from Guns N' Roses. This eight-minute, 57-second song will lock in as the longest single to hit the top 20 and is paired up yeah, that's what it says. And it's paired up with $1.5 million music video, which also makes the books as the most expensive music video ever made at the time. So $1.5 million to make the video for a nine-minute song that was in the top 20. That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, the slow dance at White Trash Weddings was forever set. <laughs> <laughs> at least until Kid Rock and Sheryl Crow did Picture, then it was displaced. Uh, now what about... Um... Uncle Cracker. I mean, there's there's some slow dances from him too. So, I'm trying to think. Wait, how long was Bohemian Rhapsody? It was not as long as that. Uh, no, I don't think. Uh, five minutes fifty five seconds. Okay. Yeah. But, wow. but is, of course that is all eclipsed by anything by Meatloaf. But unfortunately, Meatloaf never hit the top twenty. Or Great. King Crimson, who I believe is still singing his latest hit. <laughs> <laughs> his first single off his eight out al- eight album release where it takes all eight sides. Nobody. Anyway, never mind. Um, just in case you were wondering, the current record holder for the most expensive music video is Michael and Jen Jackson's scream. That's one hell of a video it is. It is a $7 million video. I was just going to ask how much is it? Wow. Yeah. Not as much as their, uh, collective, uh, cosmetic surgery costs, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, incidentally, Michael Jackson was absorbed. Uh, that's true. Yeah. All right. Moving on to movies. This week sees the release of the acronym of the week, H-I-B-U-T-K, which, of course, is Hot Iranian Butts Under Tall Kardashians. <laughs> what, I, I get it wrong? I think Mark has seen that one. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Uh, actually, no, that is Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Huh. I think that means the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Well, uh, <laughs> that shows how far Disney is willing to go in order to milk a franchise for as much as they can. It pulls in $58.6 million in the States with a budget of $40 million, and it sits at a 40% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And just makes me miss Rick Mormonis even more. Although his country albums are surprisingly good. I've heard he, that. He is. It's almost like that Steve Martin type thing. His so. country albums are surprisingly good? Well, they're like Steve Martin's country albums. Right. It's surprisingly good. Mm, just like his butter. 
Speaking of Disney and the entertainment replicants, it grows in the underground tunnels of Disney World. Selena Gomez gets born on July 22nd. She's known for various roles on the Disney Channel until she became uh, came to be known as Alex Russo on Wizards of Waverly Place. She has since gone on to a singing career where her same old love single peaked at number five on the charts. Yep. I don't get it, but good for her. Dude, see the video. You'll get it. <laughs> Will I get it from Mark? Chose. <laughs> I, 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 well, I was going to say I get it, but I really don't. So that's okay. It is an erection. <laughs> no, Mark, it sounds I can <laughs> testify to that. Uh, yeah. Let's just assume that we're talking about our penises. Fair enough. In what has to be a complete coincidence, Captain America is released on cable and then directly <laughs> to video on July 22nd. Starring Matt Salinger, known for his work as Burke in Revenge of the Nerds, he plays the captain. Yeah, this is a terrible, terrible version of Captain America that is really only found in fleet markets now on DVD. I remember seeing it along with VHS copies of the 70s Doctor Strange in my local video store. Yep. I remember when it was on TV because there was um, uh, friends of the family that had been watching me for the evening because uh, my mom worked a lot. And I remember sitting in their living room watching that movie when, uh, for some reason, on TV. And I don't know why that sticks out of my brain, but I remember him riding on the motorcycle. Yep. He had the motorcycle with the shield on the front. And it also starred a one Ned Beatty as Captain Ham. Oh, yeah. Uh, he wanted to make him squeal yeah. like a pig. That's, yeah, a, that's a winner there. Mm. Make me hungry for bacon. <laughs> no. <laughs> July 8th sees the debut of Melrose Place starring Vanessa Williams, Andrew Shue, brother of show favorite Elizabeth Shue, and eventually Heather Locklear. This Fox drama will run for seven seasons. And everybody was shocked. Yeah. I can say that I have gone. I'm have never seen an episode of Melrose Place. I can't say that. I don't know if I've seen one or not. I'm going to go with you, Hobby. Mark. We all know that this was your guilty pleasure in school. Uh, actually, it was because I was dating a girl who liked to watch this show at the time. Oh, yeah, but I don't remember watching anything. All I remember was well, I better not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was it had to do with an erection. Yeah, he he remembers hearing the show, but it was kind of muffled. Correct. Uh, see, I was a big fan of Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. So when I heard there was a spinoff, I watched at least the first season. I want to say of Melrose Place, Wait, just because this, of that. And that's another show I've never seen an episode of. Oh, the original that was a huge guilty pleasure growing up. Really? Yeah, I didn't have any cool stories like Mark though. <laughs> it was just I'm not, me. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Stick around, I'll tell you a couple good ones. Oh, story time with Mark. All right, so the star of Scream Queens and daughter of the late Carrie Fisher, Billy Lord, is born on July 17th. Scream Queens is on my list. I really want to watch that show. Same. My kids are addicted to the show. Hmm. And rest in peace, Carrie. We miss you. She was absorbed too soon. Screw you, Joel Olstein, absorbing Carrie Fisher before her time. Yeah, why couldn't it be somebody else like Joel Olstein? Okay. Can he absorb himself? That's a good question. I bet he absorbs himself every night. <laughs> absorbed? 
<laughs> oh shit okay so uh created by dick wolf and robert de Laurentiis, which normally would spell out some sort of hit show man and machine starred yancey butler as sergeant eve edison a beautiful police officer who is also a sophisticated <laughs> gynoid <laughs> that's what it says it's a gynoid ri- robot gynoid gynoid okay <laughs> It doesn't make it any better. Uh, it's capable of learning and emotion. She has partnered with Detective Bobby Mann, played by David Andrews, a human officer who holds disdain for robots. For some reason, the show lasts one season with nine episodes and it's canceled on July 14th. Now, I have, I, I, I love Yancey Butler. I do. I, I'm a fan. Uh, Hard Target is where I first saw her, and Witchblade, I love the two seasons of Witchblade. But that poor woman has just done some bad things to herself with drugs and alcohol. And although she wasn't kick ass and she was pretty good, but I feel bad for her because she burned out. You take Dude, if, if you pitched this show to me and showed me like cat stills of the cast, I totally would have watched this. I don't know how I missed this one. Well, could you miss it? Cause there's only nine episodes. Wow. Why does it have a five DVD set? Yeah, I was just going to look and see if it was available. <laughs> what? How is that even possible? How much? Ex- yeah. Well, they maybe they shot a whole other season and then just didn't. Or maybe they only put two episodes on a DVD. Maybe. Yeah, because all I can see is nine episodes. Yeah. Not available through Amazon, so it must have been. It must be out of print. That sucks. I'd watch that. I own the Witchblade set. Yancy. I love Yancy. She's so cute. It's M for Mancy. (laughs) All right. right. Moving on. In sports, Alexander (laughs) Francis Woodgy Wojohowicz, not the same guy from uh, Barney Miller, was a two-way football player who played at center on offense and a linebacker on defense. He has been inducted into both the college and pro football halls of fame, was a founder and the first president of the NFL Alumni Association, and was the third player to receive the Order of the Leather Helmet. Uh, There's so many jokes to be made here, it's not even funny. Wojciechowicz played for the Detroit Lions from 1938 to 1946. In 1946, he was released by the Lions and then sold to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I didn't know that they could actually sell people in. It was a different time, Mark. Yeah, okay. For whom he played from 1946 to 1950. He won two NFL championships with the Eagles in 1948 and 1949, the last time they ever got to the Super Bowl. He died. I don't know if that's true or not, but. he died in his home of undisclosed causes on July 13th. Absorbed. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. wins the All-Star MVP on July 14th at the 63rd All-Star Baseball Game when the AL wins 13-6 to at Jack Murphy Stadium. Jack Murphy. Ken Griffey Jr. God, he was so good looking, wasn't he? 
All, all I can think about is the Simpsons episode where he's got the giant, uh, uh, the the giant head because of the tonic that Mr. Burns was feeding him. <laughs> oh, jeez, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> he's got like encephalitis or whatever, uh, or hydrocephalic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, hydrocephalic. That's awesome. Because nothing's funnier than somebody who's hydrocephalic. On the last day of a now all but extinct breed, Johnny Martin bowled unorthodox low left arm in eight tests for Australia during the 1960s and was when his aggressive batting was taken into account as great an entertainment package package as almost any cricketer. Is that right? Cricketer or cricketer? It's cricketer. Cricketer. To come out of New South Wales, small and unceasingly chirpy, buzzing his curving is that right, Chinaman? Buzzing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta understand, it's cricket. Nine times out of ten, there's a new word in there every week that we're like, we don't know what the hell that means. At least oh, it's not. I, I didn't realize there was random racist terms in there. That's well, awesome. You know, there's maidens and centuries, so. Curving Chinaman. I've got somebody. Does it have to do with this bat? The buzzing. Maybe, maybe how his sweet. Yeah, if I tell someone I'm going to buzz their curving Chinaman, I'm getting arrested. Okay, I think I need to read this differently. Hey, Crane. Okay, ready? Small and unceasingly chirpy, buzzing is curving Chinaman, bustling quickly back, back for the next one, and batting with great vigor. (laughs) We're all his trademarks. Oh, he died on July 15th after a heart Absorbed. attack. Well, of course he died from a heart attack after the uh, curving Chinaman and all the vigor. Having survived one 20 years earlier, another heart attack, and had bypass surgery in 1984, he was only 60. He died way before his time. You have to understand, Mark, we've been talking about cricket for easily upwards of 50 episodes now. <laughs> None of us knows anything about it yet. We have no idea. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it's and, and that's a that's a word, a googly. That is something that is. I there. know it is. I'm showing off my uh, intellectual prowess here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Put your pants back on. Too late. Yeah. I like the way the camera off. That's all I got to say. Well, be careful because Mike can turn it back on. Um, I like how he reads the sports. It's saucy. <laughs> very deliberate. Yeah, like. All right. Well, that is the This Week In. And uh, Joel, keyboard Joel, hear us out. We're on fire. All right. So back in the the day, we did not have streaming music. We had the radio. Um, Had to wait for our favorite songs to come on and then hope we could dub them as quickly as possible on the cassette, cassette player, that sort of thing. And then there were also DJs and people that sort of announced the songs and tried to be friendly to us. So we are talking about that this week, uh, how the, how radio has changed between the then and the now. Um, so I think most of us, I think Mark, uh, Josh and I all grew up in the Chicagoland area. That's correct. And, you know, put down some of the, some of the stations that we recall listening to uh, here as, you know, the, 
just some of the call signs. Uh, some of them have been around for decades, uh, such as WLS. Um, it's probably, I think it may have been one of the first really big radio stations within Chicago. Um, and also WLUP. Uh, so I would toss to the new guy, Mark, back then, say high school times, what was the radio station you listened to the most? Ooh. Actually, I think I listened to um, The Loop is probably what I was listening to most of all back then. Because um, I've always been, actually, I still like the same kind of music that I do now. But I do remember Z95 used to have something, I think it was Z95, used to have the flamethrowing five. <laughs> um, seriously, I, I it would be at 5, 5 p.m. They would have the five hottest songs from that week that they would have on, on Friday afternoons, I think it was. And I would always have to listen to that on Friday, Friday afternoon, no matter what I was doing. No, no I found it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I actually, I looked up Flamethrowing 5, and uh, it is one of two links that shows up on, on Google for that. There you go. Yeah. Where did you grow up, Mark? Um, Villa Park. Uh, in between there and Oak Park. Okay, so, I mean, literally you guys were all kind of not in the same area, but... Close by. Right. Yeah, I was in the Bowling Brook in Chicago. So yeah, you and I was access to all the same stations is what I was kind of going for. But. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. So, Josh, what about you, man? What was your to-go radio station in the high school? Well, in high school, it changed because I grew up on Magic 104.3, listening to like 50s and 60s music. It was uh, the music of choice for my dad. And like I had access to his record collection. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I didn't like, but uh, the stuff that matched up with those oldies, like his, he had pet sounds from the Beach Boys, listen to that. And then when I started to branch out into my own musical tastes, at first, you couldn't find the stuff I was into on the radio until I shifted from being a metalhead to being into like 90s uh, R&B and like party rap. So I was listening to B96 quite a bit in those days. Okay. See, now for me, it was uh, WCKG. The classic rock all all the time because honestly, some of the uh, for radio that's where it was because I enjoyed classic rock. But the music that I listened to, I as we discovered during the heavy metal episode, I wasn't actually metal in high school. I was actually wave. Um, <laughs> well, and that doesn't surprise us though. I don't think just knowing, you know, what you were listening to in college and what we associate with you. Oh, yeah, well, sure. I mean, classic rock. I was actually talking about this very recently uh, with my wife is that I, I didn't get into classic rock until we were all in college together. I completely missed the entire decade of the 1970s oh, because I, you. well, I, I was born in it, but like I listened to 50s and 60s music and then grew up with 80s through Friday night videos and then got into 90s party like MC Hammer, Young MC. I missed the 70s until we got into college together, and that's all we were playing. Uh, except for Queen. Queen would have been the exception, but really I can attribute that to the Wayne's World movie. Like, if not for the Wayne's World movie, I probably wouldn't have even known Queen before we all met in, like, 1993. You and thousands and millions of other people who <laughs> actually uh, Bohemian Rap got back up into the... Uh, the charts because of because of uh, world true story yep 
So, uh, Joel, yep. you are not from the Chicago area. You grew up in this um, place called Kansas City. <laughs> yes, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, born and raised. Uh, first 18 years of my life was spent there. And growing up, my mom used to always listen to uh, like the the old school. Uh, they had like a big band station. So she'd listen to a lot of big band jazz and old school country stuff like um, Hank Williams and Patsy Cline and, you know, all the, the old school stuff. So that's what we used to listen to on the radio when I was growing up. But when I started to come into my own as far as musically, what my brother listened to wasn't stuff that was on the radio. So I kind of found my own way uh, to, uh, you know, like the pop station uh, there, specifically stuff that would play like... Um, uh, Madonna and Prince and, and whatnot. But then when I started working at um, a Mexican restaurant, I was a dishwasher and in the back they would always have KY one Oh two on and KY one Oh two is like the oldest, I don't know if it still exists there, but it was like the oldest um, classic rock station in Kansas city. And so we'd listen to nothing but KY one Oh two there. Um, but then from there I started to get into like, metal so i'd start to listen to uh the rock station 989 the rock and then kind of transition into uh talk radio once i hit well i i guess right around after college maybe which i guess would push us right to the the edge of of the then um well yeah and in college we were all listening to q101 right Although Joel, you you forced back a repressed memory when you talked about uh, your mom making you listen to country music. Every time I was going to high school and she was driving me, I had to listen to US ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even I know what that is. Yeah, it's still Chicago country. Yeah. See, that's the one thing I've at least got the benefit of since I lived in Chicago for a decade. You know, I know a lot of the stations that you guys. have talked about or or that are listed in our show notes um but you know i didn't grow up with them so i didn't see the transitions but um yeah so some of the stations that we listen to like i said before we have wlup which has been around forever as a loop uh wls which was known to us in high school as z95 which was the station that i listened to if it wasn't ckg it was z95 uh, B96, so I did a little research into this. They actually, one, have been around since 1941, as a, initially as a simulcast as uh, the AM version of their station. And then when things started switching over to FM in the 70s, they played like Paul McCartney and Wings and that sort of thing, that's 70s rock. In the early 80s, they were known as the Mellow Sh- Sound of Chicago, and they were soft. Yeah, I know, right? And then uh, they hired uh, uh, Eddie and Jobo and turned into the you know techno dance one that I recall um, that being on. I mean, that was like the uh, the party station that if you were at a party, B ninety six nine times out of ten would have been playing. Oh yeah, Friday nights with uh, Julian Jumpin' Perez and Bad Boy Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally guessing on that because I didn't get invited to any parties <laughs> bad boy bill is actually still working i can only know this because uh, someone who is into that kind of music still was one of my passengers as a lift driver and he talked about yeah he's he was really young when he started his career and it has not stopped since the uh, early 90s still doing the same thing huh 
And he still goes by the same moniker. Oh yeah. When you've made your career on that kind of a DJ name, that's not something you give up. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Now, uh, Ed Volkman and Joe Bohannon Colborn Colborn was uh, were the Eddie uh, Eddie and Jobo that we remember. Um, they were on WBBM for twenty six years. Uh, for that was B ninety six for twenty four years, nineteen eighty four to two thousand and eight, and then they got fired and then came back. Uh, as of December six, two thousand twelve, that was their last day on one hundred four point three K hits. And as of right now, they are currently doing commercials for United Auto Insurance. And they're fine commercials too. I got to tell you, <laughs> are they? Were they like a drive time show or a morning show or what? Eddie and Joe, and they were like an evening, like like um, after school, before before having to go go to bed type of thing. They were kind of like the evening DJs. So, just with a name, it just it, it, those two things popped into my head as far as. Yeah, they weren't like the morning, morning wacky, what is the morning crew type thing. They were an evening type, uh, type of thing. Now, if we were going for the morning crew, we had well, we had Eddie and Jobo. Jobo. Now, Madman Murphy. Am I the only one in this group that remembers Robert Murphy from the eighties? No, I remember yep. Robert Murphy. You remember him? Good. Yeah, I remember the commercials. I sent a commercial to these guys of him, where he was in the straitjacket. Yes, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, and he would he would drive around in an ambulance in Chicago and get out of the ambulance in his straight jacket with a microphone yes. and interview people. Yes, <laughs> that's a gimmick. Wow. It, it was, but it worked, man. I mean, he was like that. He was all over the place in Chicago. He was, I mean, if you remember Man Cow coming up afterwards, like in the in the nineties, he was like the Man Cow of the eighties. He was this crazy morning DJ, um, and he's currently still uh, he's still out there. Uh, recording too so i mean he's out on the he's on what station is he on i want to say 104.3 but i'm not on a straight jacket no uh, no they're not on 104.3 not 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 in the morning anyway because i listen to that probably six hours a day okay. we'll, we'll get to that now yeah yeah but uh yeah, but yeah so he was a guy that i listened to i mean because he was he uh let's see oh this is interesting robert murphy out at wls uh robert murphy back at wls oh no okay i got those in backwards robert murphy back in 2013 robert murphy out 2016 (laughs) but you know he's i don't know if he's currently doing he's probably doing commercials for some for eagle insurance or something like that but uh (laughs) i've got something for you Oh, look at those low rates. Uh, that's another show. Uh, we already talked commercials. You know, we talked about man cow. See, when I came to Chicago with Matt uh, back in 93, somewhere uh, when after he left and the came back, um, he came to kind of find out about man cow and then got me into man cow. And then that's like, all I listened to for a couple of years straight was like, I would, I would get up really early. I I put a cassette in the, the um, boom box and I taped the show and then I'd listen to it when I was walking to work since I usually wasn't up that early at that point in my life. Um, just because I liked it so much. And I watched this TV show and Matt and I went and saw his triple X miss that Pantera played at before uh, Daryl died. And um, there was a live sex act on the stage that was like one of the, the draws. Um, 
but we were with, really big into Manco. With Daryl? No, not with Dimebag Daryl. But okay. <laughs> it was like a contest they had for one of the listeners to have sex with a like a porn star on stage, and so they did. It was the high class time of uh, morning shows, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I but I was a huge fan, and I I still have some of his CDs downstairs, and I enjoy Mancow, but I, I haven't listened to him in years. But I think he's back. He's on FM again, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's on. Uh, I think he's on the loop, isn't he? In the morning. I don't. I have no idea. I have. Um, I know we're, this is something we're going to get into in for the now, but um, yeah, he's he is on the loop. Um, believe it or not, he actually did some AM time also. Yeah, I remember seeing because I checked in on him every once in a while, and I saw he had left. Um, was a Q on a one. And mm-hmm. then had been kind of bouncing around when he wasn't able to kind of go na- nationwide. Uh, at least that wasn't as successful as he'd hoped. But he's he's uh, featured in the new commercial for um, Death Wish. He's one of the announcers on the radio when they're talking about uh, Paul Kersey going around killing people. Oh, he's from Kansas City. Yep. That's yep. that's why Matt kind of fell in love with him originally, I think. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm going to admit it. I, I never liked Mancow. I, I always thought he was a low-rent Howard Stern. Yeah, I knew that. And that seems to be where everybody stood on that one. It was either you love Mancow or you hated him. It was like there was no middle ground on that sort of thing. I think a lot of people soured on him eventually. I was negative about him from the start. I hated him before it was cool to hate him. <laughs> Who's the hipster now? Oh. <laughs> hey, Still you. I got a what question is, for you guys. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Do you remember in the late 80s, early 90s, Ned Spindle? I think he was on Q101. I don't know that name. No? Ned, Ned, name like Ned is a faint, Spindle. Yeah, that's a faint echo, but I, I He used to do two things that I liked uh, on his radio show. He had the Fa King um, Kingdom that he talked about, the Fa King. The Fa King asked for his Fa King Bowl. Okay, I remember that. Okay, used to do that on the radio. And then the other thing that he used to do was Sammy the Seal would come on and do horrible jokes that I still tell to this day. <laughs> um, the, the last one I remember hearing was uh, Sammy the Seal would come on. It would be this whole like gimmick of, it's Sammy the Seal, Sammy the Seal. And he'd come on and he'd be like, hey, did you hear about the blind gynecologist? He had to learn how to read lips. It was a great show. That's what you pay for, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the entertainment you've come to respect. Expect from us. <laughs> um, you know. You know what's funny is that it seems like for every generation there is something like that. Like m- my parents, they remember uh, Chicken Man. Do any of you recall or you ever even heard of Chicken Man? Chicken Man. No. And it's not uh, JJ from uh, Good Times. No. Nope. For the chicken place, okay. It was. It was literally. Um, oh my god, he's on Stitcher Premium. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> most of these radio hosts never completely go away. We're going to see that a lot when we get into the now. Right. So this is apparently was by a guy named Dick Orkin. Uh, was on WCFL, and it was like. <laughs> 
he, okay, I'm going to do this just once, but it's like, it's Chicken Man! And then be like, he's everywhere, he's everywhere! And that sort of thing. And they would have like this radio, like like a superhero thing where Chicken Man would defeat whatever. But that, I mean, that's like, that's like you're talking with the Sammy the Steel, is that there was always some like this weird gimmick. Um, and then he had this chicken call, bark, 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 and like, he was, <laughs> I know, right? Um, what was but, that cartoon? It reminds me of with uh, the chicken. We had the uh, you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no uh, no idea. You've gone down a road we can't follow. All right, keep going. I'll think of it. That that's pretty standard for Mark, though. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it seems like for every generation, there has been uh, a bad boy morning show host. I mean, for the 60s, it was Dick Biondi. I mean, he got taken off the air because he got too dis- too risque for 60s radio. I mean, that was his, his big claim to fame. I think it was something as simple as like they were at some sort of event and he told a girl to reach in his pocket and see if she found a prize. <laughs> I used that before. He's still yeah. working. He's on 104.3. Yeah, he's still working. I've met him. He actually, when I, when I worked at the game store over in Yorktown, they did, did like a 24-hour... Uh, event where they were uh, raising toys for tots type of thing, and uh, we would being a game store. We brought some some over to him, and I got to talk to him for a little while. And he was just like, "God, I'm still doing this." <laughs> that was back in like 2000. <laughs> well, now, oh, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. I was just gonna say the exact opposite of the bad boy persona is like who we want to talk about next is Eric and Kathy. Because uh, that you've got a radio show there that is calculated middle of the road, kind of the talk radio equivalent of Valium. And, and I know I sound pretty critical, but I probably listened to that show for 10 years. Well, and that's the thing. I remember with uh, when man listening to Mancow, he used to always diss on him because of the fact that they were, you know, that clean cut kind of not quite puker style radio but you know it's the top of the hour we're listening to such and such we got so and so coming up and you know and they've been on the air forever i mean every time i come into chicago i always see at least one of their billboards well there's there's some pretty big news on that front which we'll get to in the second half of the show but i'm a long time eric and kathy fan and uh there there are developments and have been this year like on that front with regards to their 20-year history uh has the dirt. Oh, well, if, if you've been paying attention to Chicago radio, it's, it's not like it's a secret. I have not been paying attention to anything, but we'll get to that in the now also. <laughs> right. Well, what I was going to touch on was uh, we were talking about people you've met. Well, one of the, the, the big kind of um, well-respected radio hosts of Chicago from XRT is, is Terry Hemmert. And um, I, you know, I knew she was on the radio and I, I, I knew who she was, but she's a been friends with Val from Val Seller Records for decades. And um, she used to come into the record store all the time and her and Val would just shoot the shit and they would talk and hang out and she'd buy records and she'd leave. And then, you know, she'd come back a, a week or so later and she'd come to events and did interviews with Val on the radio. And I just always thought of her as, you know, Terry, but <laughs> I was looking through her history here. Cause you know, she's kind of a, an icon in Chicago radio. 
And and 25 years later, Joel discovers that she's actually a thing. She's pretty big. <laughs> well, you know, it's not like when John Mahoney used to come into the store and I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's John Mahoney. Well, I was like, oh, it's Terry, Terry Hemmer. Um, but apparently she was featured in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's Rock and Radio Exhibit. She received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Chicago chapter of the Recording Academy. And she's been on the air with XRT since 1973. So longer wow. than I've been alive. She has been around for a long time. Uh, just skipping around since we're going to Terry Hemmer. Also, my morning guy when I was dri- when I was actually driving to work was Lynn Bremer. And what uh, was he on? He's on. He's on um, WXRT. <laughs> what? He's on XRT. Yeah, he's on XRT, and he has Lynn's bin. He talks about you know he has his. Yeah, he's great. He's like the uh, font of music knowledge. Um, and he always does this. I, Mark, what is it called when he, he has his little... Someone Lin's has, bin. That is, that is the Lin's bin? Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah, It is. And he does this like kind of like uh, talk about like uh, whatever topic you, you'll email him and he'll talk about whatever. And his stuff is always great. But the thing is, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a throwback because of lawyers... Um, they they can't post it online. So if you miss it, you miss it. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is they use stuff like uh, sound bites from movies and stuff that they can't post. Yeah, they can't repost. So it's it's they you know you don't you miss Lynn's bin. You've missed Lynn's bin. They only have it. They only play it like three times a day. So, huh? Yeah. But uh, Josh had put in here. Brian, the whipping boy. Uh, actually, uh, you're jumping ahead because you can't talk about Brian, the whipping boy. If you don't talk about Bill and Wendy. So then talk about Bill and Wendy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bill, Bill and Wendy were specifically in the show notes before you get to Brian, the whipping boy, right. because he started on their show. Uh, they used to be evening talk DJs on the loop and uh, their show got super popular. Uh, somewhere between your morning zoo and Eric and Kathy. And they were popular enough on the loop at night that they became the morning show hosts for Q101 until 1998 when they were basically dumped overnight for man cow. Um, Yeah. I uh, actually uh, called into their show one time. They would occasionally do uh, games of jeopardy with like pop culture and whatnot uh, with pitting two listeners against one another. I remember that I appeared on their show. I played Jeopardy. I destroyed the other listener to the point where it was kind of a bit. Nice. Uh, where that, where they st- stopped buzzing and just asked me what the next answer was. <laughs> and I remember I got uh, like four baseball caps, including two Metallica hats, like a 48 pack of Slim Jims, some concert tickets, like this huge care package from uh, my appearance on that show. It was the only time I've ever won anything on the radio. Nice. Yeah, Wendy Snyder and Bill Leff. And then you've got uh, Brian the Whipping Boy. He's been a Chicago radio icon. Uh, he started with uh, Wendy and Bill. And when Man Cow took over, he just stayed on the show. That's right. Yeah, and was abused. <laughs> Right, which is kind of, and uh, he's he's on the radio to this day. They've they've shortened his nickname to Whip. Mm-hmm. 
But I, I remember him. I actually remember him on another station after he left Q at a one with them after Mancot left. So, but I mean, he's been around forever. I mean, God, still he's still on back from the nineties. So he's been on there for over like thirty years, thirty two years. Yeah, when uh, Mark Sapelsa, the uh, news anchor, left uh, Eric and Kathy, he ended up replacing, and so he's ended up on most of the Chicago shows that we've talked about at one time or another. No, good. So he's a link between all of them, then, basically. Yeah, he's literally between just about everyone on this list. Yeah, he's always been kind of like the third banana on all these other shows. Banana. Uh, so Joel, tell me a little bit about. I mean, we've getting some uh, Chicago opinions here. What about KC? You have a, a Johnny Dare, Scott Voorhees, and Laszlo, and and <laughs> and Frina. No, when I when um, well, I mentioned KY one hundred and two, which was they've been around forever. Uh, there was ninety six five. It should say ninety six five. The buzz which was the alternative station. There was 98.9 The Rock, which was your metal station. And then 1510 was the talk radio that I used to listen to. Um, and Johnny Dare was the Kansas City equivalent of um, Mancow. Initially, uh, he was kind of that, he was the kind of the shock jock of the area. But then he kind of did a lot of uh, charity work and things. And he was a big Harley guy and... Um, so he he kind of became a bit more of a a positive force, but he still his show was still kind of always edgy. And I remember that's the first time I ever heard Larry the Cable Guy was on his show, and um, you know it was just kind of a fun thing to listen to in the morning when I was working at the Blood Center because you know when you're in the back you put a station on, and so they'd usually put on that that station. Laszlo and Afentra were um, on the alternative station, and they were like the first time where i ever had a a dj and his co-host play stuff that wasn't what was on the regular radios so like whatever was popular with alternative he was playing other alternative stuff so like um i'm trying to think of some examples but like hot hot heat was the first time i ever heard him before they kind of broke out um and he used to always just find the newest stuff before it was popular and i hated him because he was annoying and and Aventure was even worse, but he always played great music. So I couldn't not listen because I wanted to hear what, what he had to play, but I hated the guy as a, a host. He was terrible. Um, and Scott Voorhees, just because I, I've, I always got to mention his name whenever radio comes up because he was a, he, uh, he still is, he still works now. He's in Nebraska now, but um, he was uh, on talk radio on 1510 and he just did a, a real basic kind of talk radio show where he, he talked about uh, politics and, but he would talk about fun stuff and it was just kind of a cross section of whatever he wanted to talk about. And I called into his show several times. Um, and he's kind of one of the reasons that I wanted to get into to podcasting once the radio thing kind of didn't happen uh, just because of, of the way he did his show. And every year he wishes me happy birthday and he's just a really great guy. He's a super nice guy, but um, you can check him out online. He's on, um, uh, like, you can download his shows um, through the whatever station he's on now in, in Nebraska. But I just, 
Interesting man. <clears throat> so that was Kansas City for the most part. I mean, those were the stations I listened to anyway when I was growing up. So mix the songs on the radio. You guys ever do that? I mean, that was just like a thing growing up for me. For me, you had to wait wait until that song came on. <laughs> yeah, I used to kind of do the same thing I did with Mancat, where I would take the boombox, I'd put a blank tape, and I'd hit record, and I'd just let it go. And then later on, I'd come back and I'd use another boombox to then copy the songs that I wanted onto another tape to make a mixtape. Oh, uh, look at you with two boomboxes! Uh, uh, yeah, I just went. <clears throat> what? No, I I had I only had one boombox. I didn't have two. Well, one of them didn't belong to me, huh? So you stole somebody else's boombox? It's okay. No. It was probably a poor kid's. <laughs> nice. It's true. True story. So about you, Mark? You ever call in? You know, I remember. I'm trying to W O N C. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a college station for North Central College. I. Uh, I won a contest. Uh, I won tickets to a Jeff Healy concert at House of Blues um, because nobody even knew who the hell Jeff Healy was. Uh, they were playing that song, uh, I Love You Too Much, from uh, Roadhouse. Yeah. Okay. And I was the only person who called it who knew it. So they gave me, I think it was like six free tickets to go see his concert. And I took all my friends, and uh, it was awesome. And I remember... When I went there, everybody hated me at the uh, radio station um, because I was really like I was really into the girl. She was a college kid. She was super hot, and I was probably like uh, I want to say I was like seventeen or eighteen when that happened. It was awesome. Erection. Yes, like two of them. Yeah, it was. I think she could <laughs> see it through my pants. It was awesome. Uh, Jeff Healy, music he can rip throats out too. <laughs> So this doesn't have anything to do with radio, but my favorite thing about going to that concert was that he had a roadie just to make sure that he didn't fall off stage when he was dancing around. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was great. So anyway, are uh, you kidding? No, I'm I'm not making that up. Um, you can ask. Uh, uh, you wouldn't know any of the people that I went with. So, whatever. oh, yeah, trust me, it happened. Sure, ask your girlfriend from Canada that is a model. Jeff Healy's Canadian. Is he? Did you know that? Yeah. Well, he was. He's dead now. Is he? That's what happened. The calls him sick. Fell off the stage. It's the best job ever. Just watch the dead body, Rody. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, Sorry. You know, you were, when you asked about, did you ever call in? I, I told you I called in the Scott Voorhees show pretty often, but um, there was one night where I was hanging out. You guys remember uh, Barrett? And Matt, of course, um, uh, Barrett and Matt and I and a couple other friends were all hanging out at um, Barrett's house overnight. And or no, it was at Brian's house. And um, we decided we were going to call into the radio station. So Barrett called into the radio station, pretended he had tickets to it was one of the it was uh, what was the name of that station? It was a country station. And he said he had tickets to the, the Clint Black show that was coming up and he was trying to get a date. So. We spent like, well, he spent like 10 or 15 minutes on the radio in between songs with the, the host trying to help him get a date to this concert that he didn't have tickets to. 
and it was just i think there's a recording of it somewhere but like i specifically remember as he's trying to sell the bit at one point he's like they're front row tickets and the 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 radio host was like oh front row like got all excited and um uh, you know stupid kid stuff you do when you're young but um yeah speaking about calling in i called i've called in once on to Q101 they I won a bunch of CDs it was like one of those I didn't even have to do anything it was just that be the ex time I won I remember it was like the um god perfect circle uh the soundtrack to um Mission Impossible the one where uh god what was that shitty band you too no <laughs> and for, uh, Durst Oh, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, it was more Limp Biscuit did the did the theme song. It was, so I was like, I got a couple, couple, well, a couple okay and a couple shitty albums from them. But you know, that's like I, I I remember it being the thing. You like you would call at a certain time and everybody would dial six of the seven numbers, and you would just wait there until they said go, and then you hit that last number and try and get in to win tickets or get on the radio or get on whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I won once. I haven't really. You know, they don't really, as far as I know, do that anymore. I know they have things where you have on the radio where they'll have uh, how how high has the bank gotten type of thing where you have to know a certain number or know the secret word or something like that. Um, Patrick did email us with contributions to the radio show. Um, first off, he says, Houston radio sucks. There's more Mexican music stations than country stations, and there's too many country stations. So I'm sure he's popular out there. <laughs> right. Uh, he hated the first time he heard Bon Jovi on a classic rock station. <laughs> That's like the first time I heard Pearl Jam on a classic rock station. And the first time I heard Nirvana in an elevator. Oh. Uh, I once won tickets to a Rockets game by a radio call-in when I was 15. My friend Travis drove. It was our first night out like adults with no supervision like real people. Aww. So he thinks he's people. <laughs> All right, so uh, are we good to take a break here? Anybody else got anything else? No, I think that uh, most of what we're going to talk about when we come back, we're going to catch up with some of the radio DJs, but uh, most of us, I think, have transitioned from broadcast radio to stuff online, whether that's Google Music or podcasts. So, our stuff. All right, we'll be back in a little bit. All right, we are back. We're talking about radio as it is now. And if it is something that we listen to, what do we listen to? How do we get our music? Um, now, Josh filled this out for Chicago radio station that still exists. Uh, Q101, 101.1, was the alt-rock station back in the 90s for us. And I've, I've been told it changed formats a couple times. Yeah, it, it switched to, I think for a while, it was this weird mix of stuff that didn't quite work together. And then it was, I think, old R&B. But uh, just a couple of years ago, it went back to uh, Alternative again. And it's a it's a great station. It's actually one of my presets. Actually, most of these are my presets. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you want to know what Josh listens to, and he has preset on his car, here you go. Yes, I actually still have a Q101 sticker from back when they were giving them out on the street when we'd be downtown. Me too. Yeah. 
I should put it back in my car. Actually, I, I got mine because, uh, and we didn't talk about this in the, in the then, but uh, when we were in our, that radio class at, at college, um, Mel and I did a report on uh, Q101, and we went down to the station, and they we got to sit and talk with them, and they gave us, I, I believe that's where I got that sticker from, it was from uh, visiting him. Oh, very cool. I actually went, now this is a little bit of a throwback to the then, but there was... Believe it or not, I dated girls before I met my wife. Um, was <gasps> a, a girl I dated. Hi, Pam. We're still friends. Uh, she lived in Zion, Illinois, and she used to, was like a for uh, WXXY. Remember that station up for the Chicagoland area? WXXY. Yeah, the bumper stickers are black and red. Red with like black lettering. It was like a heavy metal station. Huh. Yeah, so she would she would get like all sorts of swag from them to give out at school, like T-shirts and bumper stickers and that sort of thing. And I've got a, I actually around here somewhere I still have a sketchbook with a WXXY a sticker on the top. So, but that's it. Um, so yeah, so they are back. There's one point nine, which as far as long as I can remember has been like the the mini station. Well, now mostly it's uh, modern pop, but nothing too edgy. Uh, it's mostly on my presets for Eric and Kathy, which is a good a time as any to talk about what's actually happening this year. I'm curious since yeah. you you've uh, kind of teased it. I uh, stopped listening to Eric and Kathy for a while, and I uh, started back up when driving. When I got back into driving Lyft a little bit, and I noticed that there's Eric, there's Brian the Whipping Boy, who we talked about in the first, and there's Melissa McGurin, who's their traffic reporter. Right. But no, no Kathy. She hasn't been on for a while. That's the thing is she has she started a uh, personal leave of absence at the end of April, and never returned to work. Refused to tr- return anyone's calls. Deleted her Facebook. Deleted her Twitter. Won't answer her emails. Huh. She's just been missing from the show and won't contact anyone or return any calls since april and her contract is up this year so it looks like eric and kathy is going to be without kathy hart as of december that's crazy pants man yeah and the thing is is she was always kind of the weakest part of the show uh for a long time it's been eric has been the brains behind the show and he's been like the anchor around which the show is like formed and Melissa and whip have been more a part of the show than Kathy has for years. So yeah. I wonder what happened. I I don't know if something happened that was personal or if she's going through emotional problems or maybe she realized she's, she's terrible. (laughs) I, I don't know. Oh, wow. But yeah, that's that's the the big revelation is that after twenty years at the top of the ratings, she just pieced out of the show and won't tell anyone why. Hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it doesn't seem to affect the show at all, though. It They're really still doesn't. As popular as they have been, yeah. That that's kind of sad. If you disappear and you know nobody really notices, right? Wow, that's rough. I mean, but if that's her choice, then. I guess you're learning a lesson then. Yeah. Then uh, on to the the next uh, 
uh, station on my presets, you've got 104.3, which is back to being sort of oldies. Now it's 70s through the 90s. It's K-Hits. And this is the station I leave on most of the time. Because, like, there might be people that don't like alternative. There might be people that don't like modern pop. But pretty much everybody, if I'm driving Lyft, I can get away with 70s through the 90s. That's that's like the safe zone right there. Yeah. So uh, what do they play then? Like, just like popular stuff from that time period rather than like the alternative or like the one or the other? It's just like. Yeah, it's all the pop uh, stuff. You're hearing a lot of Michael Jackson, a lot of Billy Joel. A lot of sing-along stuff. Yeah. Okay. So the top 40, whatnot. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I've been listening to 103.9, the Fox is what they're calling it now. Um, And it's very similar as far as what they have on as 104.3. But they've got, uh, his his last name is Volkman. His old man was weatherman. On, oh uh, yeah, Volk. Uh, yeah, I can't think of his first name. He's not bad. Um, and they got another guy in the afternoon who I listen to because he plays uh, old scratchy vinyl records that I haven't heard in years. Who's playing Harry, Vol- uh, Harry Volkman? That's right. Yeah, and the reason I know that is because he actually used to do um, classes and like this they had this whole seminar over here at Fermilab about uh lightning and that sort of thing that's cool yeah so uh, that's what i've been listening to is that uh 103.9 the fox the fox yeah in the morning it's wake the fox up nice (laughs) (laughs) these last two i kind of consider interchangeable because you've got the loop 97.9 which right now is almost just a straight classic rock station and then you've got 97.1 fm the drive which is explicitly a classic rock station See, that's like I listen to, if I'm in this area, I listen to 95.9 The River because for two reasons. One, it's good old-fashioned classic rock, and two, it's it's uh, broadcast near here, so I actually know it, it, I can get reception. Uh, and it, my, my One of the reasons I love it is because the guy in the morning, this guy's name is McKay in the morning, and he will do trivia to win prizes. And I forget... <laughs> He there. I I think it was he wanted the answer was ACDC. I think it was ACDC or was it was an Australian band. It was an Aussie band, and he for the love of God, people kept calling in and giving all these British bands, and he's like, it's an Australian band. And he finally got to the point where he he on the air was like, listen, he's he was like, listen, you idiots, Australia <laughs> is nowhere near. Great Britain, stop calling me with British bands. And then went to commercial, played a song, and then he comes back. He's like, I just want to apologize for my previous outburst that was uncalled for. <laughs> it was just like, because you know some heavy shit happened, because it went to commercial, and then it played like comfortably numb. It was like one of these five and a half minute long songs afterwards. So you know somebody came to the studio with like, dude, you just called all your listeners idiots. Um, but that honestly is something that I miss from uh, <clears throat> from uh, streaming radio is that is that live that live interaction I think that's what's missing because I if I'm listening to music on the way into work I'm listening to I'm streaming Amazon music because I've got prime and everything's free right but you don't get that 
you know, somebody screws up, somebody says the wrong thing, somebody calls in, that sort of thing. You don't get that. In, there is so much – you have a, every song in the world you want to listen to, but you have no uh, – there's no personality to it anymore. Or not. <laughs> I, I, I can't relate because I get about 10 gigs of data. So if I streamed music all the time, I'd be paying for overages by week two. Yeah, that's my thing is that we lucked out because my brother-in-law works for Sprint. So we get like unlimited and likely we get like a huge deal. So thanks, dude. Thank you very much. But yeah, so I mean, Josh, you're I mean, I'm all streaming because I'm on a train or I'm in a middle of a building. But what about you? You know what? You're you're on the air type of thing. Well, I did satellite for the first couple of years. I owned my car and did a lift, but uh, they jacked the price up on us overcharged us at the wrong time. Um, and like I said, the five radio stations we talked about, aside from the one Mark brought up, uh, were, were my presets. So, yeah, I'm listening to broadcast radio most of the time. Now, that's that's kind of the, the, um, the problem here, is that you can get any song in the world, but until you run out of data, you know, then you're done. Well, that, that's an interesting point you had about the interaction thing. Um, which you can get that with some, some of the podcasts that are out there, you know, will have call-ins and things like that, but I, I've never listened to satellite radios, so I don't know too much about it, but because it's being broadcast nationwide, I guess, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, so I started listening to satellite radio just recently, I bought a new car and it has the, uh, satellite radio and the first time I've ever had it. And at first, I loved it because I preset like 40 different channels that I can do on, on my car for satellite. And I just kept on rotating through. Every time I got to a song I didn't like, I'd listen to Lithium. And then I'd go to 60s, then I'd go to 70s, then I'd go to 80s, then 90s, then whatever. And I realized they're playing the same songs on like every station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a very small smattering of songs that they're playing. So I hate it. There's no way in hell I'm going to pay for it. Once it's done, I'm going to go back to listening to the Fox or listening to, I actually still own CDs. I might actually just listen to CDs in the car. You know what's funny, you're bringing up CDs, is I had, I went to the library the other day and I picked up, my my one daughter is huge on uh, Panic at the Disco. (laughs) So I'm walking by and they had like the new Panic at the Disco album sitting up on one of the shelves. I grabbed the, the books and the couple of DVDs that I was going to rent. That I was going to check out and I grabbed that one. And I brought it home and she's like, Oh, cool. You know, and she listened to it on the PlayStation, listened to it on that. I'm like, well, she's like, Oh, I got to return it in a couple of days. I'm like, well, why don't, why don't, why don't you rip it? <laughs> like what? Yeah. Like, yeah. Here, here's this DVD ROM drive and there. Oh, that's for movies. Oh, wait, let me show you something new. <laughs> yeah. That's their lives changed. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, I, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to when I was a kid and I would go to the library and I would, I would check out albums, yeah. LPs. And I would record LPs on that, you know, those chintzy, uh, um, stereo systems that looked like they were stacks, but it was actually just one big box with the turntable on top. And I used to record, uh, uh, records off of that onto cassette tapes. So, you know, that's something I showed them like, hey, now it's on the computer and you can put it on your phone. You don't have to use internet and that sort of thing. And they were just like blown away by it. So, you created a monster. Yeah, yeah I know. 
my kids do this with Spotify, though. And actually, they turn me on to it. So at, when I sit at work, I uh, I stream. Well, I, I don't know if it's called streaming, but I listen to Spotify while I'm at work all day long. And it's all, it's like maybe 3,500 songs that I handpicked and put on there myself. Mm-hmm. All music that I like. They listen to without commercials, but I just need the background noise. Well, and that's where something like Pandora Radio um, is something that I occasionally will check out because you pick an artist that you want for your your style of music, and then it plays songs based off of you know other artists that are similar based on the Genome Project that match up. And so I found a lot of new new people I hadn't heard of just from listening to that, which again, totally different style of, of radio. And I don't know whether you'd classify it as radio or not, but I mean, there's no personalities, but it's all music. And that's something else that's kind of changed with the way it is now is that you don't have to have radio personalities. You just have the music. That's true. But that's something weird though with Pandora. So I do have a Pandora account too. And I created, actually I like the account that I created because I put in Otis Redding, Wilson Pickett, ACDC and Metallica. Okay. <laughs> I told it to choose music based on that. And at first it was great, but now all it plays is like freaking clutch. I'm like, I don't want to listen to clutch. I hate clutch. <laughs> um, but at first it started picking up like really cool music. So I feel like the uh, logarithm is all jacked up on that. Um, yeah. If the, your musical tastes are too different, it screws up Pandora. So I found myself just having to make five or six stations and keeping them sort of similarly themed. And, and like with Pandora, themes and that sort of thing in there, it'll like, it'll go all funky on you. It's like, you'll get a dozen songs that all make sense. And then out of the blue, you'll get this like left wing. I'll say left wing, but left field. That's what I meant. Yeah, get this. You get this out of one field, absolutely ridiculous song that makes no sense with the with what you put in there. So, well, and sometimes you get uh, a band that you like, but there's a band that you hate in the same style. Like from Satellite Radio, I discovered a band called Shaman's Harvest. They've got kind of country blues, hard rock thing going. The problem is, is my Shaman's Harvest radio station on Pandora comes up, and every fifth song is Nickelback. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody's sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, but that's that. Just made me think of something else. Is is talking about those types of quote unquote radio that you have, it's almost like there's been a, a separation, a divide on um, non FM AM style stations that the music is one thing. And the, the, the talk is another because talk radio has always had kind of a stigma of it's either religion or politics. And there wasn't a lot of in between unless you had like morning shows or drive time shows. Um, and now because of podcasts, talk radio is, is, it's huge. And I don't think people always look at it that way, but most of it is it's, it's talk and no music, or you can listen to music and no talk. Now there's shows obviously that cross over, but, and that do both, but it's interesting how that's kind of divided and people can listen to what they want now because there's, there's something for everybody out there. Just like porn. <laughs> I think that's the fucking truth. <laughs> that's yes. my fetish. 
Well, until we got to porn, that was a great transition uh, to uh, when talking about uh, talk radio podcasts. I mean, we're our podcasters, and I think uh, at least the three of us who are normally on the show do listen to podcasts. How about you, Mark? Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, no. Sorry. Fair? No. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> I've listened to yours a couple times. That's about it. Yeah, I know that I listen to uh, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, uh, History of Bad Ideas, uh, some of the other shows like Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, some of the ones off of our network or off of our former network. I'll listen to Coffin Joe on occasion. Mm -hmm. Um, I started listening to a retelling of the uh, Chinese folktale, the uh, Five Kingdoms. Mm -hmm. Except Um, for that that Happy Pants Hour. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) playing music um, and talking. who is he i listened for a while to uh welcome to night vale the like community radio for a town that exists in the twilight zone that was good i like listening to, to night vale i think i started dropping off around like episode 2025 i think i made it to about 100 but i'm at least a year or two behind yeah so, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's the, with the podcasting thing, Mark, one thing I will say is if you have an interest in something, there's a podcast for it. Yep. No, that's true. Uh, so I do safety for a living and I'm amazed at how many podcasts there are for that, but it's just not something that I typically do. Well, and the, 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 the problem with podcasting is that yes, there's a show for everything, but you don't always have a long shelf life because not everybody has the commitment to keep it going. And you also get a lot of shitty shows. So it's, it's kind of like you got to wade through it sometimes to find what you really want, but way to get self-referential there, Joel. (laughs) But realistically, I mean, there literally is, if there's something you're interested in, you can probably find a show out there for it. Um, And it's just a matter of finding one that is good and that has, a, uh, a long-term uh, plan for it, which is a positive and a negative, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, and, oh, oh I ahead. was going to say, and that things is like, you can find yourself a good podcast, but it, I think what is like 12, 13 is like the threshold. Yeah. For, that's most normal. Yeah. If most podcasts don't make it to a dozen episodes and then they disappear. Well, even you cut out those and you cut out the ones that aren't very good we exist in the era of peak entertainment where there is so much there's, I've got 800 games on my steam account. I've got access to Netflix and Amazon prime video. And there are all of these podcasts on stitcher just like curating down just out of the good stuff. You only have a certain number of hours of the day to experience entertainment. And you kind of get to the point where you're like, I almost need somebody externally to help me curate this shit. So I can take my hours of entertainment per week and let's face it. I am going to college and I'm a Lyft driver. I have more hours that I can give to entertainment a week than most middle-aged guys. And if I can't curate all of the great stuff that's out there to my own satisfaction, I could only manage like imagine how much worse it is for actual busy people. Well, and that's one of the things that um, I found since I started podcasting is that most people do listen to it on their commutes. I mean, they don't 
some people, if they have jobs that they can put in headsets or whatever and listen, they will. But for the most part, yeah, it's it's just however long your your time is to get from point A to point B. And you know, the average show probably runs an hour, but then you have some shows that run longer. Like when we were on the awful show, I mean, our shows ran three hours. And well, this show's ninety minutes typically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, you you have to have that commitment, and it it um you want to listen. And you're right. It's I find myself every night when I finally have, you know, an hour and a half, two hours to myself to to sit down and watch something. I find it harder to try and figure out what to watch than it is to actually make the time to watch it because there's just it's overload. It's mm-hmm. too much. And that's great. Yeah. I mean, if there's, I mean, you put on you have you type in like in like here, here's the thing. Like my, my girls, they want to do a podcast. You know, all oh, we want to do a podcast. What do we want to do it on? Okay, we want to do it on um, comic books. Okay, go into any podcast directory and type in comic books. Then you will get 20,000 ones. I mean, and that's the hardest thing nowadays is trying to find a way to differentiate yourself from everybody else. You know, and it's, and you're, I mean, we've towed it once in a while where we've tried, we've come dangerously close to being the wacky morning show. <laughs> uh, you know, in fact, I've listened to some of our early shows and it's just like, oh, God damn, we were, you know, we, we were we were the wacky morning show for like episodes one, uh, one through 30. Um, but it's it's the finding the quality stuff. I agree with you, Josh, is like the hardest thing out there right now. I mean, it's you you've got 20,000 different podcasts or 13,000 different stations that you could listen to on Pandora. But you spend so much time trying to figure out what, what is you want to listen to that you don't, you don't listen to anything. Yeah. I almost think the next big thing, the next Netflix or whatever is going to be in entertainment curation is going to be for people who are too busy to decide what to watch. It's like, okay, someone, whether it's an algorithm or a person or a service that helps you guide your way through the labyrinth of the thousands of things, all of these options that overwhelm you and paralyze you. I I think there is a market there for someone to say, okay, you're into this. Okay. I'm an expert in the thing you're into. These are the 10 things you want to watch this month. And that's happening. It's like a personal shopper. Right. Mm -hmm. There are, I'm, I'm trying to find there, there are a couple apps on the, um, on the play store right now that are podcast curation apps. So you and friends join on this app, you find out what your friends listen to, and then it kind of says, all right. And just like, uh, um, pod chaser, you know, you, you post the tags to these podcasts that you like, and it suggests other ones for you that are similar. And you don't have to dig through, you know, the thousands upon thousands of podcasts and maybe on whatever system that you're using. So it's, it's just really, like you said, it's really difficult to find the good stuff nowadays. Well, and I, I refer to that, that decision-making process, uh, the curation as, as entertainment impotence, because you want to enjoy something and you can't because there's too many things to enjoy. And it's interesting to think about you know, radio in the classic sense that the station hires certain people to meet their format 
and you listen to that station because of the music that's on there. And therefore, by proxy, you then listen to whoever the host is of that show. So it did the work for you. And now you're the one that's making the decision. Uh, it's it's overwhelming. It's daunting. Yeah, really. analysis paralysis is a real thing, whether you're talking about entertainment or whether you're talking about choosing a career for some people. It's just like you've got too many options. You lock lock up. You don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder about this, too. So if you have an algorithm that is picking what you're talking about, it picks something out for you. If this ends up being something like uh, Pandora, where it comes up with something weird all the time, I don't know if I'm going to like that either. Sure. And that's what I wonder is, like, is it worth the cost – to put together a labor where there's actually somebody doing like if someone wanted someone who had the knowledge to curate geek pop culture, I could do that. I don't know if they could pay me what I would require to charge for something like that, you know, to make it worth my time. Right. Maybe there's something there. I don't know. So venture capitalists hit me up. (laughs) We can tell you what your people need to listen to on shark tank. <laughs> Josh's million dollar idea that just got stolen. Oh, <laughs> so now did any of you aspire to be? Now, Joel, I know you and I kicked around having a radio show in college for the longest time. Yeah, so, so you and I were destined to become podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be in to eventually do this together because when when they had to open up that that college radio course that we had, I mean. And they allowed us access to the the radio station there, which I don't think had been used for ever, ever. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it definitely put the bug in in, in us to want to participate in that in some way. And I, that's originally why I went to Columbia was I wanted to get into radio. And I just realized that the market was so oversaturated and so narrow a margin that you could get onto the air or into that field that it just was no longer a realistic option. So when podcasting came knocking seemed like the perfect way to, to get in there, get that bug, you know, to scratch that itch. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word. Um, yes, scratch that record and that itch, um, that it just, it seemed like a logical step. So yeah. Did did any of you other guys have any aspirations prior to or after college? I have a face for radio. Does that count? That counts. That counts. Well, that's the thing is like, I never really thought I would end up getting into podcasting, never had any radio aspirations, but in a way it was kind of a natural fit because I was always the guy at the hobby shop or the comic store or the video game store who was waxing about the deep dives I've made into like, whether it's video game history or movie trivia or crazy Batman facts or role-playing games from the eighties and nineties. Like I, I like to talk. (laughs) So (laughs) this, this has gotten to a spot where uh, we've got a ready built audience who's willing to listen. And it's not just the people who happen to be in the shop at the time. Right. Doing the same thing. It's just with a, a bigger microphone. Well, and that's kind of the way it was with um, the record store too, you know, and and even when I worked at the video store for a while, it's like you have that niche where the people come in and and you can talk about the things that you love and you're passionate about 
and that you have more knowledge than the other person because that's kind of your focus and then transition into this format and it just it's a it's a logical progression all right yeah i'm actually really glad we settled on the uh nostalgia then and now niche because otherwise like when it comes to geek culture uh podcasts there's there's just so many of them what mike was talking about earlier like i would not want to launch a show about video games about comic books about geek pop culture or uh those are those are the big ones that just seems like there's a billion shows yeah you get lost in the noise and fortunately we found something where there are a couple other people in the space now but when we started there really wasn't anybody yeah, and that's one of the things. Like when I when people find out that I podcast, oh, you've been you're a podcaster. Yeah, okay, I'm on my second one. We're at two hundred plus episodes. Oh, I have an idea for a podcast. I'm like, all right, hit me. Well, we're going to talk about movies and video games. Like, here's what I want you to do: go into iTunes and look up podcasts and search movies. Now, tell me how many you find. You know, it's like you you got it's. I think the 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 lifespan of a podcast is faster than it is when, when there were DJs there. I mean, you have a DJ on the air. It would be somebody who was vetted, who was checked out with the further talent and all that. But at the same time, you know, they would be on the air if they weren't popular, you can tell, but it would take a few months. Um, podcast. Like you said, I mean, you have people that'll podcast and they'll do, they'll crank out two, three, four, five shows in you know a month and a half and then disappear for six months you know it's it's the the that's i think uh, over the next thing i think past quality for a podcast is got to be consistency for sure you, you want a stat that'll make you feel good yeah this is episode 205 of our show yeah star trek the next generation had 178 episodes fucking a but we don't have a Deanna Troy. Unless no, no, can. I was going to say, there's no relationship of quality between the two shows. I don't know. I think maybe Will Wheaton is on the show, right? <laughs> Will we? No. We I mean, if Will, Will Wheaton was on the show, more people would be listening. Yes. That he would be like the ultimate September guest host. So, Will, if you're listening, give us a call. We can, we'll, we've got three weeks left. <laughs> yeah, he, he heard Child Stars the Good and where he was mentioned and was like, ah, fuck these guys. <laughs> so, do you think we've milked this duck as far as we can? <laughs> you said milk. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, we are going to go into September week two. What do we have on tap for that? Uh, next week is Wonder Woman. And Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey now from uh, Hobie, the history of bad ideas, is going to be our special guest star on that one, and he is going to be replacing one of us. Let's, yeah, one of us. We'll, we'll see what happens with uh, Houston, and uh, see if September is someone different out for Patrick every week. <laughs> as long as Houston, uh, we can hope that Houston will stop trying to kill Patrick, and uh, you know maybe he'll be on eventually. Yeah, so if you want to tell us about the talk radio you listened to when you were a kid or you just want to wish Patrick well, make sure he's not uh, drowning in Houston, you can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep, you can find our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and the like. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. And email us, 40go14 at gmail.com. You know, if you, if you are in such a position... 
such as like say Nikki New Zealand, who's out there and can't really give us a call because she's on the other side of the world, record your voice and email it to us. Or we work with that too. But she records something else and send it too, right? She recorded herself playing cricket. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. With a Chinaman. Yikes. And a sticky wicket. Right, well, uh, I'd like to thank Mark for joining us, especially crazy last minute. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. Uh, those of you who would, I think us also, you know, if you want Mark to become a regular rotation on the guests for this show, I think that would be a great thing. Or Mark should have his own show on his own, honestly, I think. That's, it's called uh, what, what Does Mark Think? Oh, that Jesus. would be a great show. What is Mark thinking about right now? Oh, hell. That's going to have an adult tag on it. Oh, yeah. Mark McCoy appearing on episode two of Hey Guys, It's Sarah. (laughs) Showing up on iTunes, Blu-ray, and Stitcher real soon. (laughs) All right, folks. Thank you very much for... Can I end with a quick impersonation? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. All right. It's Patrick. Absorb. No. <laughs> Sorry. All right, folks. I don't think if we could end that on a higher note at this point. So I'm just going to cut it. Good night. Good night. Alexander Francis. What the hell? <laughs> Woody, I'm going with Wajahoets. Well, Wajahoets, I can see, but is it what's the Woody? Woody? Well, I'd say Woody, probably. Yeah, Woody.